Are board game awards overrated? It's time for some table talk. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Table Talk, the talk show style mini podcast from the Board Game Bulletin. I'm your host, Cameron Art, sitting here today with the thoughtful gamer himself, Mark Davis. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward. Now, you do a lot of things in the sphere of board game content, including writing reviews. You write about design theory. Um, you host a podcast every other week. How did the thoughtful gamer and your website all get started? It started when I was getting more and more into board games a few years ago, and I wasn't seeing the kind of reviews that I wanted to read about board games. Uh, so I had I, I I'd been kind of an enthusiast in in film criticism. I thought about going into it for a little bit in college, but decided against that. And I wanted to see board game reviews that were more like the movie reviews I was I was reading and instead I was seeing a lot of reviews that were mostly just going over how the game plays now since then of course I have discovered that there are people doing those kinds of reviews I just couldn't find them at the time uh, but I, I got the opportunity to kind of put some time and effort into doing it myself and I've always enjoyed analyzing things in depth and I was enjoying board games so I decided to give it a shot the origin of the podcast is that podcasts seem popular and uh me and a couple of my friends were like well let's just give it a shot and and kind of try to replicate the sort of discussions that we were having after we played games where we just kind of more casually talked about them and and and, and joked about them and, and stuff like that and that's how the podcast began and it has since morphed into uh whatever topic or guests I can find at the time, uh, not just those like post game discussions. Oh yeah. I feel that that's exactly the same reason I started my podcast. It was kind of a, this seems kind of popular. So let's give it a shot. Um, now you were talking about board game reviews. I was listening to your most recent episode of the thoughtful gamer podcast, and you had a great conversation with, uh, Dan Thoreau from space Biff about, criticism in board games and i kind of just wanted to chat today about what do you think the purpose of board game reviews should be like what purpose should they serve yeah i don't necessarily want to pin down any one singular purpose as correct i think however that there are trends that can that maybe ought to be different. So for example, the kind of review where you mostly go over the components and how the game plays and is much more informational, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That has its place. I'm not saying there shouldn't be that kind of review or overview or preview or, or whatever you want to call it. I do wish, however, there was more, let's call it critique, that I'm trying to do, Dan certainly does, uh, I think he's the best, um, I love everything he does, uh, where we're talking more about themes of games or the the way the mechanics, inter the, the mechanics of the game interact with players on a psychological level, and, and those kinds of deeper, deeper thoughts and, and more discussion around that. That's what I enjoy. And I think a lot of people also enjoy it. And, and I wish that there was more of it. And I think there has been an increasing amount of that style. Yeah, especially in, in recent 
yeah, in the last couple of years, I think it's it's grown definitely. That's not to say um, that there weren't any before. Yeah, which is which is exciting. We're, I'm having more 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 conversations and discussions uh, that that I find really interesting. Which is great for the hobby too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one of the most interesting things that I came out of that discussion with was when you talked about board game criticism is comparatively a very new form of media specifically like criticism of board games in comparison to criticism of movie reviews and things like that has been around forever, but more focused on the criticism aspect in board game reviews. Why do you think that that criticism is valuable to the industry? I think it can, I think it can do two things. I think it can push game design. So if there's a lively critical conversation around uh, games and game design, it can inspire and push people towards new and interesting design spaces. Uh, so as Dan brought up in the podcast, the discussion I had with him in my podcast, uh, we, we're seeing that happening literally right now with that uh, new article in what, The Atlantic that just came out where it talked about how their publishers are now revising games like Puerto Rico to uh, sidestep the more troubling aspects that they had with with the setting of Puerto Rico, those themes of like colonialism and sure, and that's and that's a direct result of the critical discussion about colonialism that's happened in board gaming, and so I think it can push the design. I also think the conversations in and of themselves are important, can be important and beneficial to those having them and those reading slash hearing watching, uh, just to people. And their growth as humans. So even outside of board games, uh, we can take the lessons we learn from board games and the ideas that board games poke at, um, and that can benefit us as people as we apply those ideas to the broader world. And I and I think that can also be very beneficial. Oh, definitely. Going off of that, I know we've talked about board game critique. It, it is new, but that's not to say that there aren't reviewers that do focus more on the critique. Um, you know, you weren't the first and was not the first um, to be more critical of board games. And we don't want to name names and point fingers at any reviewers that aren't necessarily that don't necessarily focus on critique as much, because, again, other types of reviews definitely do have a place in the industry. But I wanted to ask you, and this is kind of a, a big time question that doesn't really deserve to only have one answer to. So we'll see how you respond to it in Board game critique specifically, what would you say is the biggest issue with how we talk about board games? Um, like, how, how can we improve the way that we critique games? Wow, that is a big question. <laughs> the biggest problem with how we critique games... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the kind of vague, fuzzy answer. I think, I think there's perhaps too little compassion when it comes to people making arguments about games and this is a part of a broader social cultural critique i suppose in that we tend to we tend to assume meaning a particular meaning that people have when they when they write when they talk and we hold on to that assumption even if 
the person comes back and says, no, I didn't mean it that way. And we're not willing to get past that conflict. And I think a lot of times, and, and I have a background in debate. I teach debate. I competed in debate uh, for nine years. Um, and, and in real life conversations, oftentimes the root of the conflict, when there's a debate, when there's a, a heated exchange, or even a, even just a, even if it's not heated, even if it's just a, a good conversation, the root of the conflict is often in one of two things. It's in either a misunderstanding of the words being used. You got to remember the words are just trying to express ideas, which are much more ethereal. And so words are often very imperfect and you have to understand that and get, get past that. Um, so either a misunderstanding of the words being used or a oftentimes very slight difference in kind of fundamental understanding of value of, of what these kind of moral cultural values that people have. And really most of good discussions are digging in and trying to find that point of conflict, but we don't often have very good discussions. Uh, so in other words, we recognize that there is a difference in what two people think and what you and the other person think. And we argue in, in, in bad faith often. Right. We don't give the person, the other person, the benefit of the doubt in their in in give them the opportunity to explain themselves on a deeper level um, and try to find where you agree and where you disagree. And trying to demarcate that is kind of just the beginning steps. And it's often doesn't happen at all. That's the very fuzzy answer. <laughs> yeah, it was specific enough i think <laughs> I, you know i think it's that it's that big word that people keep throwing around lately talking about board game reviews it's it's that bias not just a bias of the reviewer who's reviewing the game or critiquing the game the kind of bias you hold on to like you said based off of something that potentially you misinterpreted or just general assumptions you have about that person because you have a different set of beliefs you have a different set of opinions I think I think a large amount of the issues that stem from game critiques that people have with game critiques is that they often tend to feel like if you're not being very negative, you're being too positive and therefore you must be biased. And I, I think that's oftentimes a misunderstanding. Like, I think we can bring a level of optimism to reviews while still being constructive in our criticisms of those games.
Now, there's also been a bit of discussion swirling around lately about how bias, and again, I, I hesitate to use bias as a blanket term, because like you said, there is so much bias to consider when you're talking about bias, and there's a lot of different types of bias, but ranking systems um, and award systems like BGG or the Spiel Awards or anything like that, I noticed you started a rather interesting endeavor to kind of address potentially a new way of game awards called the Card and Dice Poll. Can we talk a bit about that before we get into our game today? Sure, yeah. So it's inspired by the Sight and Sound Poll, which has been going on since 1952 uh, and runs actually every 10 years, which is kind of wild, in the world of movies. And it's a poll that specifically does two things that I think are interesting. First of all, it only polls uh, critics and uh, uh, directors. Uh, so it polls people who have very specific interests and understanding and backgrounds in movies. And it also isn't super focused, although the media discussion afterwards often is, on the aggregate results because it publishes everyone's individual list. And the question they're given is, what are the 10 greatest movies of all time? And they leave it up to the participants to define what greatest means. And I think it's a wonderful model because you can then explore all these interesting you individual lists and see the quirks and uh, the fascinations of all these different people. And so I decided to start up something along the same lines in board games called the card and dice poll. I'm currently trying to get people to sign up for it. Uh, so if you are a game designer or a game critic, you can go to my website and there's a link right at the top menu for the card and dice poll and you can sign up. I will not spam you. I'm just going to send you the question and you can list your 10 greatest games of all time. Um, so I'm really trying to get more signups because I feel like I need a minimum number of people to participate before it has any meaning at all. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. So I would appreciate yeah, anyone with diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone spreading the word and yeah, it's a kind of a little experiment for me. Um, and I hope people find it interesting. And we'll, we'll definitely put a link to that. We'll put a link to that down below in the episode description. Mm -hmm. So people can check it awesome. out. All right, so moving on, inspired by kind of this discussion about ranking and awards and whatnot, today we're going to be playing a game called, wow, how did that not win? <laughs> uh, so here's how this is going to work. I've got a list of 10 different board games, very popular board games, and what I'm going to challenge you to do for each game is to tell me whether or not you think that game won a Golden Geek Award or any of the Spiel Awards. You don't have to tell me which one specifically, just did the game win one? Or did it not? And quite a few of these, if they didn't win, they were at least nominees. So it's going to be hopefully a little bit tricky here. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna try to go above and beyond. We'll see how many of the exact awards I can nail, if any. <laughs> All right. Stone Age, did that win the spiel? I'm almost I'm almost certain it was nominated, but was 2008 Dominion? I think 2008 might have been Dominion for the spiel. If not that, 2009. 
golden geeks oh there are so many of those that's the problem the spiel i might be able to figure out i don't think it won the spiel i think hmm what would it have won it fits in a weird place because it's probably in the strategy more heavier games division and maybe wasn't nominated for family style games which would have a higher likelihood of winning i think dominion probably probably beat it in so many categories i'm gonna say no you are correct it was nominated for the spiel and for four golden geeks it did not win any of them all right number two 2014 release istanbul Ooh, i think that might have won the counter spiel did it or is that one of those that only got popular later i don't know as many specifics and i don't remember what 2014 like what the big big games of 2014 were i don't have as many thoughts i'm gonna say i think it won probably the kenner spiel but i'll say yes it did win an award you are correct it did win the kenner spiel yes um it also had three golden geek nominations it didn't win any of those but it was nominated for three of them now number three this is the oldest one on the list this one might be a bit trickier I am going to go ahead and be nice and give you the information. 2003, the Golden Geeks had not started yet. Okay. This is just for the spiel. Alhambra. Alhambra. Oh. Way back in 2003. I don't know what it would be competing against. I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm going to say... I'm going to say no. That is incorrect. It, it did win the spiel in 2003. Ah. Number four, the 2015 release, Machi Koro. Ooh. I don't even know if it got... I, I, did it even get nominated for a spiel? I don't think... I'm almost certain it definitely didn't win a spiel, but, I mean, it was so popular immediately after release, and then everyone realized that it wasn't very good. Like all at once, like a year later. Yeah, it is a bit divisive. But would it have won like an art award? It was so popular. I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. I think it won probably not a primary Golden Geek Award, but one of like the side ones, like art or something. It did not win anything. It was nominated for a spiel. Okay. It had zero Golden Geek nominations. Wow. I'm kind of surprised to see that. It didn't have any. Huh. Okay. Kind of surprising. I got like double wrong on that one. Number five, 2017, Magic Maze. Magic Maze. This is a game I know so little about. Um. Oh, was this the, uh, the, the co-op. real-time cooperative? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty fun one. Uh, I recommend it. 20, did it win? something i think it did i think it won the spiel did it win the spiel i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say yes it did not no it seemed like you were on a roll there at the beginning but uh i i'm going downhill fast it was it was nominated for a spiel and it had three golden geek nominations but it did not bring any of them home that was my gut and then i overrode my gut instinct and uh Mm. it failed me you gotta go with the gut 2018 bit more recent clank a deck building adventure oh that had to have won a golden geek somewhere right or does it fit in that weird category 
like the spiel likes those like in between like hardcore gamer and super light family games but the golden geeks don't like those categories uh, i feel like or that that style of game unless it's like dominion or seven wonders um Clank was also very popular, but the, now I'm thinking you're trying to trick me again. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say it won something. It won an award somewhere. I did trick you again. No! <laughs> it was recommended for the Kenner Spiel, and it had a whopping five Golden Geek nominations, but did not win any of them. Wow. Uh, number seven, 2015, Broom Service. Broom Service won the Spiel. I know that. All right. That is correct. That was a, a quick, quick answer right there. It wasn't the Kenner spiel. I don't it know the have... super new stuff as well as this like core <laughs> period of time from like 2012 to 2016. I feel like I have the most knowledge on. I don't know. It did have one Golden Geek nomination as well, but it did not win that one. Uh, number eight, 2013, Tzolkin, the Mayan calendar. Oh, that had to have won a Golden Geek. Yeah, because that was so high on the rankings. That one surged up the rankings. It probably won, like, strategy game or something. I'm going to say, wait, so it's, 20, it's 2013? 2013, yeah. That was also, 2012, 2013 were incredible years. I'm going to say it won something. It did not. Oh. You got to remember the name of this game. Wow, how did this not win? That's the name of this game. Oh, right, sure. It did not win anything, <laughs> unfortunately. It was nominated for both the Kenner Spiel and a couple Golden Geeks. Number nine, 2015, Tiny Epic Galaxies. I'm pretty sure it... I'm almost certain it didn't do anything at the Spiels. Was that even... I don't feel like those games... They get a lot of talk. I don't feel like they win a lot. But did it win? The problem is there are so many different Golden Geek Awards. I'm going to say no. I don't think it won anything. So what we can take away from this is you should be judging all the board game awards because you keep being wrong. <laughs> Time in the Epic Galaxies won one Golden Geek. It won the best solo game. Oh, I have no idea those could be played solo. <laughs> wow. I don't know if they all can be. I know Tiny Epic galaxies has one i've never tried it but that's a fringe award that, that one a little, a little bit a little bit all right last one 2017 sagrada uh sagrada 2017 was a great year for games by the way um what would sagrada i'm pretty sure it didn't win the spiel it was quite popular was it popular enough to win the problem is 2017 is Gloomhaven's year. Uh, but it could have won like best art because, you know, look at it. Uh, my gut says no. Your gut is correct this time. <laughs> uh, so it, it did not get nominated even for any Spiel Awards. Um, it did have, this is another one that had five Golden Geek nominations, but it did not win any of them. That makes sense. It was a likable enough game. It caught people's eyes. Yeah. It had some popularity. But, but but that Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven did so many of those Golden mm -hmm. Geek Awards. Mark, I want to thank you again so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was super fun. I greatly enjoyed it. 
For critical reviews, deep dives on strategy, and all sorts of other very well put together content, please go check out Mark's fantastic site, The Thoughtful Gamer. A link will be in the description of the episode down below. If you want to listen to Mark and I play today's bonus game, Board Game Hot Takes, you can head on over to our Patreon page to get access to that episode and a whole lot of other awesome perks. Until next time, thanks for listening.